So that's the sound of a, well, that's a very familiar sound to me. Here it is. Greetings, by the way, from uh, Goodfellow Air Force Base, Texas. Texas. Uh, this is the Star Wars Report podcast. You know, I was I literally just hit the rec- record on the button on my digital recorder here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> the national anthem started playing because it just turned five o'clock. Uh, like you do. I don't know. Uh, who knows if I'll keep this <laughs> audio, but uh, it's, it's fortuitous. I, I am, I'm here and uh, we're recording the final episode of the Star Wars Report, guys. Um, I am your host... Riley Blanton, and uh, I guess if, I, if we're going to make this official, I'm going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, please delete as appropriate. I've had, um, I've actually had a few attempts at recording this episode, and always it felt a little odd. I, I, I jotted down a lot of the key points that I wanted to make and kind of have a f- final farewell, so... I'll try my best, um, but it, I'm always so used to like going off the cuff that it feels a little bit weird. But there's a few things that I just wanted to end this this podcast on. Uh, so so here goes. This is it. I'm I'm saying goodbye. Um, this is the final, the last episode of the Star Wars Report. Um, but as I leave it behind, like I said, I've got a a bit of a final message to impart to you whoever you are, wherever you are listening to this podcast. So as I was thinking a lot about this episode and and how to illustrate the closing of a chapter in Star Wars, I was trying to think of like an appropriate Star Wars metaphor. And and I immediately came to the the setting sunsets theme in Star Wars. And I say setting sunsets plural because there's there's actually a bunch of them and and, and we're going to talk about them. But as you guys know, I am a... A child of the prequel generation. Um, The very first Star Wars movie that I ever saw um, was The Phantom Menace. And so I think it's appropriate um, for this final episode to talk about sunsets and the theme of sun sun setting in Star Wars, but from the lens of the prequels. Because you'd be surprised, because I know when you think sunsets in Star Wars, you're probably thinking about the, the famous call to adventure moment. Um, represented by Luke Skywalker standing on standing on the ledge looking off into the distance the wind whistling through his feathered hair anyway um, (laughs) that's probably the moment you think of but for me this isn't really the case Um, not really anyway my first reference understandably is from the Phantom Menace it's the it's the precious and, and, and tragic moment when Shmi Skywalker says goodbye to her son, and and she says, and I'll never forget. She says, "You can't, you can't stop, stop the, the change, change any more than you can stop the suns from setting." Boy, um, I feel that. There's a there's a joy and a sorrow um, in this moment because she's quite literally saying goodbye to her son forever, but at the same time delivering him from slavery. Um, 
And, and, and I feel that. I feel that moment of goodbye, that moment of change. You can't stop the suns from setting. Because as I'm saying goodbye to this podcast, I'm, it's, a, it's a big change for me. It's, it's been a huge part of my life and my identity as a, as a Star Wars fan and, and just as a person uh, in general. And, and that's that's where that's kind of where I find myself as I as I'm recording this. But it's not just Shmi Skywalker talking to her son, you know, talking about setting sunsets. I think of um, how George Lucas used sunsetting uh, throughout the prequels as a symbol of change and and, and transition and, and these these sort of these these epic impactful moments in the story of the prequels uh, that are marked by the visual of the sunset. I think of um, Anakin Skywalker and the Phantom Menace standing before the Jedi Council as they deliberate his fate. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I think of uh, Attack of the Clones. Anakin's desperate search for his doomed mother as he races across the sands of Tatooine uh, towards the Tuscan camp, his shadowy outline visible in front of the setting suns of Tatooine once again. And fast forward to um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, there's that moment where, you know, in the midst of the the middle act, I guess it's really the kind of the beginning of the final act of Revenge of the Sith. It's the turning point of the movie where Mace Windu's gone off to arrest the Chancellor and, and Anakin's just sitting there in the empty Jedi Council room by himself, just alone, tears streaming down his face. Um, and, and, and in that moment, he makes that fateful decision to, to join Palpatine and become a Sith Lord. I, it's all of these moments represent change um, in the world of in the world of Star Wars and throughout the prequels, um, and and for me each of these moments is burned into my brain as as a as a kid of the prequel era, um, and, and every much every bit as much honestly as as I'm sure it is for many of you guys from the original trilogy uh, generation when you think about the binary sunset in, in a New Hope. Or in, or in Star Wars, I guess, as, as you would call it. But um, as I as I thought about this, and as I was as writing out this kind of these notes on change and sunsets in Star Wars, I, I had to pause and think about how, like for me, all of this this visual kind of lies at the very heart of how I personally think about change and choices, because it's through the lens of the Star Wars saga. I mean, I, that's that's how I look at. I talk to my my whenever I talk to my friend Stephen Kent, um, and he's been on the show a few times. It's we talk about how we live our lives, kind of looking at it through the lens of Star Wars, and and how the Star Wars mythology has has shaped our, our worldview. This is just how we look at life, and this is how we look at change and choice as themes throughout the Star Wars saga.
Now, <clears throat> if you guys will indulge me, I'll get a little, at least a little personal on this last episode. Um, I want to recount probably one of the more significant moments of my Star Wars fandom. And it, it was in February 2008. Um, I was 17 years old. Um, I'm sure like many of you, uh, I was a bit of a loner. Didn't really fit like I fit in. Um, but I was I was pretty happy in life, living a pretty carefree, if, if slightly lonely existence at the time. Um, but I, I still remember this specific day, um, like it was yesterday, honestly. I was sitting in the upstairs uh, basement, upstairs basement, the upstairs bedroom, <laughs> that would be weird. The, the upstairs bedroom of my older brother's house, um, and I was clutching in my hand the brand new PlayStation Portable. It was my white whale of that summer. I spent all of my uh, lawn mowing money uh, collected so that I could purchase the PlayStation Portable. I had my very own PSP. This was probably the highlight of that year for me. Um, but it was it was so satisfying the way the the buttons would go click 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 as I clicked through the menu and I and I still remember like the little orange and white icon representing an RSS feed. I didn't even know what that was, but I, I mean I knew it was associated with podcasts, but that's it. And so of course the first thing I searched for, well, you guys could probably imagine, it was my first discovery of Star Wars podcasts. And if I may use the very, very over <laughs> overused phrase, I was taking my first step. <clears throat> I gotta do my Alec Guinness. <coughs> my, I've got like a frog in my throat. I need to do like my Alec Guinness um, <laughs> warm up. It's come here, my little friend. There it is, come here. <clears throat> I was taking my first step into a larger world. Recorded live. The following program is brought to you by your friends at TheForce.net. Oh, Maxi bit the Force. And RebelScum.com. You Rebel Scum. The galaxy is listening. Goonite! No, no, no! Alawa! Goonite! So of course that that first podcast was indeed the the Force Cast and and at the time to seventeen year old me it felt like I was discovering this this whole new world the um, the whole concept of fandom was revealed not I mean I knew fandom but but it was it was defined I guess it was defined by that show. Um, that's how I heard about Star Wars Celebration. That's how I, I found a place that I, I just I knew I could tune in every week and feel like I would be a part of a community in a way that I'd, I'd never really experienced before. Um, and, and for me, that became my community. The Star Wars community became my people. And, and, and of course, I, I got the itch to do my own show, to, to produce and host a podcast, my very own Star Wars podcast. And so after some false starts uh, along the way, um, I, along with, of course, my sister Bethany and the one and only Mark Herleman, recorded the very first episode. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm playing this. Recorded the very first episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. 
You're listening to the Star Wars Report, Episode 1. See six or bust! Hello, everyone, and welcome Oof. to the Star Wars... That, that was a little rough. That was, that was pretty rough. But it was 12 years ago, uh, guys. It's, it's... I don't know. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Um, but... What a whirlwind it's been, really. It's it's been exhilarating. Um, it's just been so much fun. Uh, the show took off far beyond what I ever thought it could have. Um, some of the celebrities we got to interview, performing live at Star Wars Celebration, the madness that was Dragon Con. Um, we we quite literally traveled the world. Like I remember going to Star Wars Celebration Europe. Um, it was it was amazing. Uh, some of my best friends today are are who I've met people I've met through Star Wars fandom. Um, so so fast forward a bit. Um, I don't know. I went back and forth on like talking about this at all, but I think it's important, and, and I think there's a there's a there's a ne- needle to thread here when when talking about Star Wars fandom and how minds evolved. But fast forward a bit to the sequel trilogy. Um, I know. I know, guys. Um, I, so I thought at the time uh, that it would usher in like the, the greatest renaissance of Star Wars fandom it ever would. It'd be like the, the best thing that could have possibly happened for the Star Wars report. Because um, the, the, the Star Wars report was in a, a small cadre of Star Wars podcasts that was a, you know chugging along before the sequels were announced. There weren't that many of us. Um, so, and I, so I still remember. I remember it being announced, and and in many ways, Star Wars fandom did transform. Like, it it it, became, it blew up. It became huge. Um, like I entered at a time where message boards were still the most popular form of Star Wars community. I mean, even Facebook was new. Twitter was in its infancy. My fandom, like the online fandom, I found was through forums and through. Um, Places like the Force.net and Rebel Scum and EU Cantina at the time, Club Jade. I know a lot of you guys remember these sites. Um, uh, but but this gave way to the social media era, um, post sequel trilogy particularly, and, and I can best describe this era um, of fandom through the lens of my own like very personal experience. Um, and and for me, like Star Wars fandom in the era of social media became this kind of um, cacophony of overwhelming voices just so many voices not not pure negativity but just like the sheer amount of opinion um it it, it just burst forth and with that fandom i think became increasingly tribal and i know a lot of you guys know this and you've heard me talk about this before Um, and there has always been negative aspects tribal aspects to fandom but it but it it began to change around the time of the sequel trilogy i'm going to touch on real life here briefly (laughs) but i I think it's um it's worth illustrating this is not a this is not a analysis of the last jedi but i think it's worth mentioning that I, i i think when that film came out it was after the the 2016 election here in the united states and things internet culture and in, in, in general had just become so much more intense and politically polarized. And unfortunately, Star Wars kind of jumped right into the center of that. Star Wars fandom did, I should say. Um, and, and Star Wars became a part of the 
wait for it, the dreaded, the dreaded culture wars. Good Anakin, give in to the culture war. (laughs) (sighs) Only now do you know the power of a well-timed tweet. Basically, I I think we all experienced this in real time. Um, We experienced this fandom, or at least I'll speak for myself. I experienced the fandom around this story, Star Wars, in the same way that many of us, I think, lost relationships as a result of politics around this time frame. I, fandom around this story that I love, the fandom around Star Wars, started ripping itself apart, at least in the, at least in the social media world. Um, this, this is the example of, and the experience of these fractured, angry hordes of online keyboard warriors. You, you guys, you guys, you know the, you know the type. And, and this is kind of where things started to change for me. Um, cause like I, I followed everything. I was, I was, I was deep into Star Wars fandom throughout this time. And I followed the news, the trauma, the leaks, the, the theories, the outrage, the culture wars, the polarization. This is, it's been seven years now. Um, and, and I've tried to stay uh, positive through it and, and with some, sometimes with success, sometimes not so much. But at least for me, at least in online fandom, in the world of Star Wars podcasting specifically, the the voices of reason, of positivity, or of even just sort of like interesting discussion and debate that was respectful of each other's humanity, um, it, it, it faded into the background. It wasn't gone, but it, it faded back, and what replaced it was the, the, the minority. And yes, it's a minority, but the minority of, of the loudest, most intolerant voices um and and to be clear this is actually not a political manifesto for me of of any kind it's this is this i noticed this this extreme polarization happening on on both sides of the at least the american political spectrum i know a lot of you guys observe this stuff from afar but um this this hatred being spewed on twitter and youtube and reddit like it just accelerated on on both sides of the culture war as as battle lines were drawn and and and, and here's the thing I'd, I'd be lying if i if i didn't say this didn't tarnish my enjoyment of the of the movies of, of star wars in general um and i've i've tried i feel like with with some success hopefully i'll let my my legacy of the podcasts i've produced stand for itself but i've tried to stay out of politics and fandom which is more i'm gonna say this more than can be said for a lot of people in in fandom at least in the world of star wars podcasting i feel like that seems more and more rare but i've, I've tried to stay out of politics but even still like i i remember times i'd get caught in the crosshairs i, I remember even trying to stay out of it like it was and it was really honestly hurtful at the time but like um a small number of folks on on twitter um, organizing and campaigning and tweeting at the Dragon Con organizers to try to get me kicked off of a panel because, well, because of my identity and, and, and actually the fact that I serve in the military, like the fact that I'm in the military. And that was a um, an indication and, and indicated certain beliefs that they were sure that I must have, even though I don't have those beliefs. Um, and, and it just, it felt, it was, it, it hurt. <laughs> it's just, it's hard to um, let that stuff 
roll off your back. And I was never even like the target of any kind of significant harassment or anything, but just, just like even being in and around that world had this impact on me. It, it just chipped away at the, um, the enthusiasm. Like, like, I guess it's kind of understandable. A lot of the uh, creative passion, the sort of the, the joyful celebration, pun slightly intended, of, of like my Star Wars experience from years previous had, like I say, disappeared into the background. And this, this tribalism had kind of stomped it out and was at least occupying the better part of, um, I don't know, my, my, my experience as a Star Wars fan. So, um, where do we even go from here? <laughs> I guess I guess it brings us full circle. Um, I, I remember Rise of Skywalker coming out, and and I honestly I couldn't um, I couldn't even really approach that film with any of the sense of excitement that I'd had for pretty much every other Star Wars film that had come out during the Disney era. Um, and it wasn't because of the movies; it was it was because of the the sort of dreaded hot takes that I knew were going to immediately be bouncing onto the internet that, you know, every, I, I felt this like obligation to participate in this thing that was preventing me from actually enjoying Star Wars. It felt weird. Um, it, it really did. But it, it does, like I say, it brings us full circle because I, I think back of uh, Shmi Skywalker's quote. I think uh, for me, I, I, I was in this place and I, maybe I still feel, still am in this place. I, I feel more peace about it now, but at the time, and, and even now as I record this, I feel this sense that I can't stop that change, like she says. I can't stop the change any more than I could stop the suns from setting. But here's the thing. Um, it's not all bad. I know that's a little heavy uh, at some points. But, but, but Star Wars is, at its core, it's not about the fandom surrounding it. Like, as much as I've my experience as a Star Wars fan has been defined probably way too much by Star Wars fandom instead of Star Wars itself. If you, if you focus on that story, the story of Star Wars, the lessons that we can learn from it, we get back to those core themes, the, the themes of, of hope and redemption. And, you know, the story, it, it's a story about doing the right thing, even if the world around you seems like it's crumbling. You know, even if it seems like the Death Star is about to to blow up the Rebel base, like you still have that chance to take your shot, and that's and that's what it's all about. Like Star Wars shows us, even in those darkest moments, you know, the darkest part of the night. You know, it's kind of a cliche, but but the dream of dawn, sunrise, it, it's still alive. Like. As tragic as Revenge of the Sith is, it's it's one of my favorite Star Wars films because of how it ends. Like Leia is is rescued, whisked away from the grip of the Sith, and brought to a loving home on Alderaan. Luke is protected in the safety of a simple moisture farm on Tatooine. Um, the prequels, and you know, kid of the prequel era, so I can't help myself. Um, the prequels, they end with the twin Skywalkers and the twin sun setting. It's very poetic when you think about it. 
and and you know this inevitable change actually means something hopeful you know shmi skywalker said you can't stop the change this change is is a promise of the new hope and just like you can't stop the change you can't stop the suns from setting you can't stop them from rising either And so if I, uh, if I can torture this metaphor just a, one last time, um, <laughs> while the sun has set on my days as a Star Wars podcaster, oh, that was terrible, um, <laughs> but it's true. Um, I, 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 I still love Star Wars. I want that to sort of be the, the, the core message here. I still believe that a new hope can rise. And, and for me, it's personal. For me, it means Star Wars means that you can blow up the proverbial Death Star in your life. I love that, that's, that theme from the Fanboys film. You gotta find your Death Star. Okay, I'll bite. Greatest deed Luke Skywalker ever did was take down a Death Star, right? As far as I'm concerned, that's what everybody needs. Um, and I still believe in that truth. I believe that there's redemption for you, like no matter what your past is. And, and, and Luke is an example of this um, in his relationship with his father. Like he still saw the good in Darth Vader. No, you're coming with me. Even as Anakin Skywalker, with everything he's done, everything he's been through, even as he breathes his last, his son declares, I'll not leave you. You're coming I've got me. to save you. I'll not leave you here. I've got to save you. You already have. Look. You were right. You were right about me. Tell your sister. You were 